Do you want insider tips on the latest e-commerce trends? Then you need to listen to this episode of Talk Commerce. We're speaking with Kristen Schoenstein and Liz Robillard, the co-producers of the renowned e-tail conference celebrating its 25th year. Kristen and Liz have their finger on the pulse of the industry, curating innovative content around sustainability, AI, social commerce, and more for over 8,000 attendees. Tune in to gain inspiration around leveraging new technologies and implementing fresh omni-channel strategies. Kristen and Liz also give an exclusive peek behind the scenes of this blockbuster conference. You'll walk away motivated to transform your business. Subscribe now so you don't miss this or any other episode where we deliver tactical e-commerce advice from today's top thought leaders. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to Talk Commerce, the podcast where we unpack the world of e-commerce and online marketing. I'm Brent Peterson, and each week we bring you the latest insights and strategies to help your business thrive online. Talk Commerce is produced and supported by ContentBasis.io. This podcast is my creative outlet and has been going now for three years. We are approaching 1,000 downloads every week and growing. If you are new to this podcast, give it a listen or check out the fantastic content on our website. From exploring effective marketing tactics to dissecting the trends shaping the digital marketplace, we've got you covered. And we're here to guide you through the ever-evolving landscape of e-commerce. But we're not just here to talk, we're here to engage 
got thoughts, questions, or you want to hear a really funny joke, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at brent at talkcommerce.com and let's keep the conversation going. Ready to boost your online presence? Tune in and stay ahead of the curve with Talk Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe for the full experience and share your feedback. You're listening to Talk Commerce. Subscribe and download at talk-commerce.com. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Kristen Schoenstein and Elizabeth Robillard from eTail. Um, uh, Kristen and, and Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourselves. Kristen starts. Um, tell us your day-to-day role and, and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure. So I am the portfolio director for eTail. I work on eTail Palm Springs with Liz. We co-produce the show together. And I also produce eTail Boston, which is in August. Um, and what was your second question? I'm already a passion, passion, all my passion. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm into lots of things. I love to read. I like to ski. That's definitely a passion. I have three kids, so they're my passion. That's great. Keep busy with that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And they'll keep you really busy. Uh, so Kristen and I co-produce eTail together. Um, I also work on a couple of financial services events at our company, WBR. Um, basically, what we do is just a lot of research, a lot of talking to people. We do a ton of networking and it's pretty fun. We kind of you know, get to find different things that are making people tick and kind of what keeps people up at night. And that's what ends up being the, the driver for most of our programs. So um, it's great. We get to talk to a lot of different people, kind of a new different thing every day in our day to day. No one day is the same. So that's that's pretty exciting on our end. Uh, passions for me. Um, I'm a big family person. I'm super close to my parents, very, very passionate uh, about my family. Um, I knew passion of mine. I recently took up drumming. So I've been taking drumming lessons. I feel like that's been super fun. So new that, passion of mine. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, my son-in-law is a drummer. Uh, so nice. I can I can go to that beat for a little bit anyways. Um, <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about eTail. I think eTail is such a fantastically produced event. Um, how how do you keep it relevant today? Like, there's a lot of big events. There's a lot of industry specific events, and eTail is always sort of on the cusp and and out there with what's relevant. Tell us a little bit about how you keep that up to date. Sure. I mean, going back to what Liz said, I think it's that research. So we spend a lot of time talking to the industry. We do it for every show for many months. So um, I think that's how we kind of keep our finger on the pulse. We also have an advisory board. So we're constantly kind of asking them, like Liz said, what keeps you up at night? You know, what is um, what are you challenged with? What would be helpful to hear? And then we're just constantly iterating on that um, so that the content stays fresh. So um, every year is a new a new program and something new that we've created just based on what we're hearing in the industry. Um, so yeah, a lot of research and just a lot of um, talking and sometimes people just vent to us and, but it's good. Cause then we get to know, okay, this is like coming up a lot. Like this is something we really need to like hone in on for this year. So it's the research. I think that's what sets us apart. Um, but it's 25 years on this brand. So also just the community that we've developed, I think um, keeps it just really, 
a strong, um, just a strong community coming together year after year. And I think they, they, they're looking for that. Um, and they just, it's, I forgot what we were saying in a meeting last week, something about it's like clockwork to them. Like you go to Etail and people just, they, it's like, they know it and they, they know that it's going to be the place where they can meet the people that they want to meet and see what they, they need to see. So I think that's part of it. It's just that established brand. Yeah. And, and the brand is just so much bigger than, you know, the two of us, we've got such a giant team right. and it's, it's changed over the years and it just does have this kind of enduring um, existence in the industry. And it's always super fun to hear from, you know, past speakers who, you know, had built a lot of their career based on, on e-tail, met new people, did great networking. It's always super fun for us to then learn what the event has, has meant to other people as well. Mm -hmm. I know that I know that you both can't remember or you remember maybe in 25 years ago when it first started. But was was there a um, uh, was there a reason about e-tail? I understand it's about e-commerce e retailing. Right. But was that sort of a buzzword that you kind of jumped onto back then? And, and then now it's really become just a household name, in, especially in the industry. Yeah, yeah. I would say. um yeah, I mean, we can't speak a ton to to the outset of the event, but I do know it's funny. We just had, we kind of had this big group meeting last week um, where we brought everyone together, kind of talking about the history of the event, talking about the branding, what it kind of means. Um, and I remember uh, one of our specs people, or specs is an internal term, one of our sponsorship sales managers um, had mentioned that uh, at the very outset of the event when she was given the event um, to sell on, to bring sponsorship on, she was like, oh God, what, <laughs> what, is, what is this? What is this? <laughs> this isn't going to last. Nobody cares about shopping online. That's just a flash in the pan. Um, and of course, you know, she, it's, it's her favorite event to, to this day. It's, it's changed, it's grown, but you know, at the time, I don't think anybody knew, um, you know, what its potential could be. Was it just kind of a, a fad? Was it a trend? Um, you know, we're still kind of seeing with, with stores, people are still shopping in stores, but obviously there's a ton happening online. It continues to build every year. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, back then it was just sort of a, it was just kind of a guess. It was an educated guess based on research, but um, definitely a, a bit bit of guesswork there that no one was sure it was going to. Yes. Have the and the name the name for the show, I think, was literally just which is what we do for events. Sometimes we're like, OK, it's about e-commerce and retail. It's e-tail. Like, I don't even think that was a term in the industry at the time, but we do that for shows like, well, we have an event called ProcureCon. Like, so I think that was a term that we we made up for the show and it's just been enduring. And we were we were talking about that last week, that it still makes sense. You know, it's still it still resonates. But at the time, I think it was like retail and e-commerce, e-tail. <laughs> um, so funny to to kind of go through that. And the, you, you know, I think that your your parent company is W. WBR research. So is the core business around making sure that you're getting the right relevant thing to the audience during these events? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We cover all types of industries, but I think the bottom line is just, yeah, making sure that we're bringing the content, but then also the community, um, you know, bringing together buyers and sellers and um, just kind of creating that community for each show that we do. How, how do you two split up the duties, Liz? Like, how do you make sure you're doing the right thing? You're not overlapping, Kristen. 
That's a great question. It's kind of a controlled chaos, I would say. Yeah. I think um, her and I just make it work. It's we're, we're a good team. She does a lot of the research and then I kind of come in and help with bringing speakers on board. And honestly, we have definitely overlapped inviting people and we're just like, well, you got two invites. Aren't you so happy that you've heard from us twice? We want you You're that You're so badly. special. <laughs> so, and uh, you have an amazing production good. assistant who yes. keeps us Absolutely. in line. But yeah, we yes. share documents so we know like what each other is doing. And it's insane amounts of communication, like just kind of nonstop, um, you know, work that's how we share. I think people forget because I put on some events, certainly nothing as big as this, but people forget about how much goes behind the scenes, like how much planning and work has to be done to get to that day. And then mm -hmm. it's then then it's that day. Maybe Kristen, tell us a little bit about, you know, the amount of stress you have to go through to get to that day. And then maybe the relief after, if there is any relief, yeah. or do you just jump oh, right course. into the next event? Um, well, I'm already producing the next event. So there's definitely overlap, which can be stressful. Um, this is our crunch time right now because we're prepping everyone for the show. It's all our panel prep calls and fireside chat prep. So it's um, really busy. And then we get to the show and it's definitely... Um, super long days. And I think once we clear that first main day morning and Liz and I get on stage and we finish our opening remarks, then I sort of let out that sigh of like, okay, we're here, we're doing it. Um, but it is, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, high stress. <laughs> um, and, but when we get on site, we do know how to have fun. We have a big team on site. We have a lot of help. Um, so like, it is controlled chaos. We're like very... Um, we work really well as a team. There's 30, 35 of us coming uh, for the show in, in Palm Springs and everyone kind of knows their role. And um, yeah, I don't know if Liz has anything to add, but um, we've been now doing it for a long time. So I think we know what to expect, um, you know, when you get when we get there. Do you balance out the the panels, the content, the the speakers, along with that uh, marketplace aspect that's part of there? Do you, do you see that there's, um, there's a reason why people go It's some, some people just go for the networking and the marketplace. And some people really want to go for the thought leadership. Yeah, we definitely try to create a program that kind of offers both. Um, our networking breaks are always kind of in the expo and giving people time to, to, you know, walk the floor and see all the vendors. And, um, but then just a lot of content in between, um, a lot of different tracks that people can choose from. So we definitely find that they do both. Um, and there's time, there's time for both. Um, but I would say we lean, we lean a little heavy on the content. Um, we think that's important, but almost too much, but <laughs> yeah, we cram it all in. That's for sure. That's for sure. We're not, we're not short on content. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit for, um, I, and I've been to a lot of the big industry events. Uh, you don't seem to push a lot of high, high, um, high availability speakers or speakers that are very popular against each other. So like it, sometimes in a big conference I've experienced that I want to go sit to this speaker and this speaker, but then you have to like, if you're in Vegas, you got to walk a mile or if you're in Boston, you have to go across <laughs> a giant convention center and it may take you 10 minutes to get there and you have 10 minutes and you walk in and it's, it's full or sold out. How do you balance that out? And how do you know who's going to be a really popular speaker compared to, not, not that anybody's going to be there without anybody in the room, but there are going to be, there's a balance, right? For speakers that are, have big attendance and, and low attendance. For sure. I mean, I think 
in the mornings, we usually, the morning is sort of where our main, main uh, general session is, our main stages. I would say that content is usually the content that will appeal the most to everybody. So whether it be future focused, whether it be, you know, a hot trend, we've got a lot of AI stuff on the main stage, um, a lot of stuff about sustainability, anything that's sort of having a moment, we definitely like to put on that main stage. And then in the afternoon in our tracks, where things are a little bit more broken up and, you know, there's a couple of things going on at, at different times, um, that's where we kind of allow ourselves to be a little bit more niche. We, we know that people are going to pick out certain, you know, if someone really wants to hear about performance marketing, they'll go to our performance marketing track. Then we'll kind of have the content in there that really works for, um, you know, those specific things. So the afternoons are a little bit more niche kind of by design, just so it's easier for people to kind of go to the stuff that really applies to, to what they do. If we look back to 2022, did you have to do a lot of scrambling because ChatGPT came out in November and then all of a sudden this is the thing that happened within, you know, a month and, and then everybody had to have it. Did, did, I don't, I don't remember what the agenda was like for 2023, but was there some uh, reshuffling of some of the topics that had to happen? Not any reshuffling, but we definitely added a couple of ChatGPT quips to our opening remarks on the fly. Yes. We tried to make it as much a part of what we were talking about. Yes. Uh, we had a couple of AI sessions here and there that ended up, you know, people kind of ended up bringing it up naturally and doing some experiments with it. But um, yeah, we had to make a couple of <laughs> couple of adjustments Tweaks. because we had, I mean, I think we were taught, we were planning our opening remarks maybe three weeks at a time. And both of us mm -hmm. were like, I, we don't even know how to describe what this is. So. Yeah. What it definitely Christian... felt a little last minute, but it, we, it worked out. It was, it, it was like, we kind of made it funny in our opening remarks. So. And did you use ChatGPT to come up with those opening remarks for ChatGPT? That was GPT? the joke that we did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we... good. <laughs> we did it, but that was we the joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think sometimes it's fun to see that actual interaction, especially when it first started or first came out you could, somebody would come up there live and they do a interaction with ChatGPT with the audience. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So going into 2024 now, what, what do you see as the trends that are going to be happening coming up? What, what, are the, what is the hot buzz in the industry right now for e-tail? Kristen, you want to start? Well, AI, of course. Um, that's definitely all over the program. Um, and just different use cases. We have a couple of different sessions that definitely hit on that. Um, I actually had a prep call yesterday for one of our keynote panels. And even though the main idea wasn't AI, it was like, well, we got to talk about AI because, you know, it's it's happening. And, and um, so it's definitely going to be sprinkled throughout the whole program. And we're just seeing more um, retailers really find applications for it that are working for them, um, investing in, you know, we talked even on this call yesterday about what people are investing in to help them um, with it and um, just how it's allowing greater efficiency and um, around all kind of all aspects, you know, from, from supply chain to content creation, it's just everywhere. Um, so definitely a big one for, for 2024. Um, Liz touched on sustainability. Uh, that's still um, a big one. We have a panel on sustainability. We have another one that's more focused on e-commerce and resale, which we're seeing everywhere. Um, so that's another one. What else, Liz? 
Um, big focus on social commerce. Social commerce. You know, we've got a, a lot of influencer panels. We've got, um, you know, we're definitely focused on TikTok um, and TikTok yep. shop. Live shopping is coming Live up shopping. a lot as well. Um, so really just harnessing your, your social channels and kind of understanding how you can make them work for you. Uh, definitely something we're talking about as well. Um, and then Kristen, I know for Boston, you're sort of focused on that idea of the growth and the new the new channels. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're seeing, um, and this is not super new, but it's definitely a trend towards like sustainable growth and really thinking about, okay, well, for the long term, like how are we going to really survive and, and thrive in this environment? We saw a lot of direct to consumer companies kind of blow up because they grew so fast and they didn't really, you know, there was a lot of kind of factors in, in play, but I think that, that, that idea of, um, sustainable growth and coming up with new avenues for growth and thinking about what that means for each company. It's, it's obviously different for every company, but whether it's expanding globally, whether it's, um, you know, going into bricks more heavily and, and coming up with more physical retail options, whether it's really invest, changing investment and investing in retail media, like whatever, whatever those avenues are, I think um, that's just top of mind is like, okay, what's like our long-term plan here. Um, and since competition is so, so heavy right now it's kind of the how are we how are we going to grow um but in a way that's you know a little more long term sure um so are there speakers then that are standing out or is, are there some big names that you have coming that that uh, people are really going to want to line up for yeah absolutely um Kristen, you can go ahead and go on. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know who to touch on first um, because we have a few that we're definitely excited for. I mean, just the, even the panel I was on yesterday, it was Solo Brands, the CDO of Solo Brands. It was um, the VP of e-commerce from Vince Camuto. We had J. Crew, we had Harry's and they're all on one panel. And I was like, wow, this is going to be such a great um, dynamic. And then, you know, we have Target speaking and PetSmart and um, two people from Sam's Club um, that are really talking about how they're shaping, you know, their strategy, their e-commerce strategy. Um, so I think that's going to be a great fireside. Um, we have the CEO mm -hmm. of Indochino, just like a, a great combination of sort of the big box um, and what they're doing. And then also kind of the disruptors, even like the CEO of Tushy. I'm excited for him. Um, you know, they had exponential growth during the pandemic and they're just really coming up with some cheeky um, marketing strategies. So I think just having that mix of the disruptors plus the big box and big kind of legacy retailers coming together is going to be fun. Are you seeing um, everything kind of normalize again post pandemic? Is this going to be the year that that or was last year the year that attendance was equal to pre pandemic? I think last year was our best year ever. So we definitely are back. <laughs> um, yeah. We're back. And we were talking last week about how this event was at the end of February in 2020. So that was sort of the last event that everyone went to before the pandemic and before the pandemic kind of shut everything down. And then when we came back, I feel like the community was just like relieved to be back together again, be at a live show again. Um, it was like such a good feeling to, to have everyone come back. Um, but yeah, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing great growth and, um, great attendance. So it's a, it's a positive sign for sure. And, um, Liz, for you, are you seeing, uh, specific, um, ways that the show is shaping trends or the trends shaping the show 
going into the into this future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, you know, people definitely come out of the show. I think our, our speakers, our attendees come out of the show thinking about some of these trends in a different way. Um, you know, they hear the trends, they, you know, read about them. I think they're experiencing those challenges, those those problems, you know, in their in their day to day life. And they come to the event and I think, um, you know, are either inspired or, uh, you know, reshape the way that they think about um, some of these trends and actually have the you know, now have the tools or at least some general idea of the tools that can make some of these things, you know, actually happen at their own, um, I want to say institutions, but at their own company. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we definitely, you know, use trends to shape the show, but I also think that the, the trends are kind of reshaped for some of our attendees as well. Yeah, I think it's an accessibility thing. Like they might come and feel like, all right, this is something we're thinking about. And then they go to the show and they're like, oh, people are actually doing this. And now I have like concrete examples and ways that I can, you know, really implement this in my own organization so they can go back and um, really put some stuff to work that maybe that was just sort of a thought. But now they realize, okay, people are executing on this and like it's working for them. Like, let's go give it a shot. Um, this question is par partially for me, but also for all the attendees. How do you encourage people to go to all the events or all, to the speakers and go to the marketplace and network and get the business things that they need? Is, is there a balance that, that you encourage people to do to see some of the top speakers plus visit the marketplace plus make sure you're getting all your business networking things done? Yeah, that's that's a good question as well. Um, and you know, just because the program is is so packed, and we always so desperately want everyone to see all the speakers as well. Yes, we're we're a little biased, I would say, yes. in terms of what we want people to get out of the show. Um, but I do think we do have this this balance of we we come up with these you know. Uh, breaks where, you know, this is a specific time. There are no sessions happening. This is a great time to go into the marketplace, meet with the vendors, chat with who you want. I do think some strategy is involved before you come to the show, uh, going through the agenda, picking out the sessions that you think matter, checking out what sponsors you might want to meet, knowing what kind of technology you might be interested in hearing more about. Um, there definitely is a little bit of a plan that needs to be made before going. Um, but also if you bring uh, colleagues or other people, you know, we always encourage, um, you know, companies to bring a couple of people along with them. It's always great to kind of share the the load in terms of, you know, mm -hmm. you can go meet with somebody. I'll go sit on this session. So um, that's something we always encourage as well. Yep. Divide and conquer. That's the best. <laughs> Um, I know that you have a panel this year for the Z suite. Tell us yes. a little bit about uh, what the Gen Z focus group thing is all about. Yeah, sure. So this is like a little bit of a later addition to the program that we're super excited about. But it's basically um, a group of Gen Z students that the Z suite, which is an organization, has kind of put together. It's a focus group, really. Um, so we have four of them coming and then the CMO of uh, Milani Cosmetics and they're just kind of talking about what um, their day to day, um, you know, some of the things that they're doing um, digitally and as influencers and just sort of getting their take. And this is the first time we've had, well, in a couple of years at least, had actual customers 
Um, one of them is a sophomore in high school. So it's just cool to kind of see um, what that group is actually experiencing. And then we're going to do a Q&A portion as well um, with the audience. So I think it's going to be interactive. It's going to be eye-opening. Um, and then just kind of also having the CMO of Milani there to, to talk about, you know, what that relationship is like. So we're excited for that one. Um, do you think it's important at a leadership level, a C-suite level to have a G or a Z? Sorry. Is it important to have in the C-suite to have start having Z-suite, uh, Z, Gen Z folks in that role to make sure that they're in touch with their audience? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, definitely, if not in if not at the C-level, at least having within your organization, um, you know, people of that age that you are either mentoring or spending a lot of time talking to, understanding what it is that that motivates them. I know it, at WBR, we have um, just a fantastic suite of, of both assistants and then um, new producers who we spend a lot of time talking to, especially for Etail. We're always asking them, what are your favorite brands? Who do you, yeah. you guys, you know, who do you buy from? Why do you buy from there? Um, so I think if not directly having a person at that sea level, really having that, you know, communication open, um, I feel like that generation wants to be heard. I mean, every generation does, but I feel like it's, it's definitely, um, you know, they've got thoughts and they want to, they want to share them. So I think having that sort of open communication or some form of, of mentorship is important. Um, is this, I know a lot of employers are interested, but is the panel kind of, is it going to give people an idea about what it, what it means to hire Gen Z now and what they're, what, how they see working differently from boomers and, and Gen X and all the other folks? That can definitely be a direction that the panel can go down. I think, um, yeah, that's probably a skew question. more towards marketing. I bet it'll skew a little bit more towards marketing to them, you know, and yeah. what is resonating with them, you know, what um, I think that's for our audience. I mean, they're both important, obviously, but I think it's going to skew more that in that direction. But I think a, in a general question about, you know, what just motivates them generally, right. does, you know, does work motivate you? Does, you know, what, what is, you know, what are the things that kind of keep you going or what are the things that you're thinking about? Um, I think that will be a part of, of the discussion for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, this year is the 25th anniversary. What are you guys doing to celebrate? Are you having a big birthday party at the event? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I mean, we're having a big, yeah, we're having a big party the first night. This is like our 25th anniversary party. So that'll be fun. Um, and just, yeah, throughout the show, just different things to kind of celebrate 25 years. We just added a panel um, that's kind of a looking back at 25 years um, with people who are members of our advisory board, people who've been at the show since day one. Um, so we're super excited about that. Just kind of show some old, um, maybe some old brochures, some old photos, and just kind of reminisce a little bit. And then also like look towards the future, you know, that was the first 25 years. What do you see, you know, coming down, down the pike? Um, so very excited for that panel. And I think, um, yeah, just lots of things throughout the show where we're going to be uh, highlighting that 25 year history. Um, okay. Question for both of you for first we'll do Liz. Uh, wh what would you, it, what would you give it? If, if somebody's asking you, why should I attend ETAIL? What, what, what's the advice you give them? 
I think you will walk away from ETL feeling inspired. I think that there will be a lot of fantastic speakers who will, again, kind of, you know, make you think differently about all of those trends, those buzzwords. Um, and I think we've just got some some really great content, not to mention, I mean, spending four days in Palm Springs, if you're coming from the East Coast, is always super yes. awesome, especially for our team. Um, yes. But yeah, I would say that the inspiration is the thing that I, I personally always walk for, away from the event feeling super inspired. And I've been working with the speakers for, you know, for a longer period of time. So that would, that would be mine. Yep. And I think we have some sessions that aren't immediately um, content based, but are more around um, like your career path and leadership and mentorship and just kind of being a part of the community. We have women in retail, which is one of our very popular sessions. And that's one of the most inspiring sessions I think of the show. And we just bring together women who've been in the industry for, for many years, some who are just starting out. And it's just a great way to kind of talk through, um, the challenges and, and how everyone's sort of coping and, um, you know, just working at their careers. So just things like that, where you, you sort of walk away with um, inspiration, motivation, some new friends, some new connections. I think that's what, what makes ETL special. Inspiration and motivation. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, Kristen and Liz, I, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug as we close out the podcast. Kristen, what would you like to plug today? I mean, I'm plugging, I'm definitely plugging Palm Springs, but we run ETL year round. So um, if you can't, for some reason, make it to our beautiful event in February with uh, the gorgeous resort and weather, which I know I'm very excited for, we have more opportunities throughout the year. Um, so definitely, um, if you visit our, our website, you can kind of see everything that we offer in the U.S. and also outside of the U.S. So um, lots of opportunities to kind of keep the, the um Keep it going year round and be a part of the community year round. And Liz, what would you like to plug today? Um, I mean, I will tack on the fact that it's it's not just e-tail events. We also have events that have come from e-tail. We run a yes. Future of the Stores event. We run um, a digital food and beverage event. Um, so if you are in any way related to, you know, the world of, of retail or the world of, of brands, um, you know, we've got an event for you. So definitely <laughs> check out our website. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have some amazing content that we put out. We put out, um, you know, a lot of blog content as well on the ETO website. So always a nice white papers. place to go mm -hmm. and white papers and all that jazz. So definitely, um, definitely check that stuff out. That's awesome. Um, Kristen Schoenstein and Liz Robillard, thank you so much for being here today. They are the co-producers of ETail and many other conferences. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it. Talk Commerce is a production of Content Basis, LLC. For more creative content, go to contentbasis.io. 